You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Year of the GPS, Part 3. Enjoy. Okay. Good friend of mine gave me some Patriot slippers, so someone told me there's a game later today, so I thought I'd wear them for service. And as I'm standing there in him right now, I'm wondering, why haven't I done this more often? They're very comfortable. God is good. Oh, they are. Ever preach in slippers? It's really quick, the experience. God is good. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much this morning because you loved us first and your amazing grace has changed us forever. And here we are in this morning, we've, we, we got up, we got in our cars, we drove here, we left our homes to gather here corporately in public to express our praise and love for you and to receive what you have for us today. There's something special about your people leaving their homes, coming together corporately and worshiping you with one heart, one mind, and one voice. And we're doing that now. We receive everything that you have for us this morning. And thank you for taking us forward into the fullness of your plan. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, it is 2015. How about that? Wow. 2015, it's a year unlike any other year because it's never happened before. And here we are on the threshold of it. A few weeks into it, it's already the 18th. But God is good. We're at Highway Church this year in 2015. We're focusing on being led by the Holy Spirit in our lives. And there are a lot of reasons that we could make the decisions that we make. We could choose to do what we do um, based on advice that someone gives us or based on the weather or based on job opportunities. Or we could seek the Lord and make our life decisions based on his voice to us, on the leading of his spirit. And we know that's where the abundant life is. So we're calling this year the year of the GPS. And our G doesn't stand for global. It stands for God, God's positioning system. The reality is God has a destination a destiny for you. And he wants to lead you by his spirit into the fullness of your destiny. He has a prosperous plan for your life. And he doesn't want you to miss out on one drop of that plan. And he wants to lead you forward into the fullness of it. And I want to encourage you to do something in 2015. Invest in yourself. How do I invest in, in, in yourself? By meditating on the promises of God. Amen. Become a promise hound, right? And, and scour the word of God for those promises. When you find them, grab them. What I've done, I used to put them in a notebook, but now I put them on my smartphone. So I have little um, word processing documents on my smartphone. I open them up. I was at the oil. I took like an hour and a half to get my oil changed yesterday. Guess what I was doing in the lobby? Meditating on the promises of God, at least for a good half hour, 45 minutes. And boy, was I edified. Great oil change, right? I was stronger before I went in than when I I was stronger after I left than before I went in. But I want to encourage you to take God's with you, God's word with you, his promises. 
meditate on them. And I want to encourage you to take advantage of the free resources on our website at highwaychurch.us. It's free. And if you use iTunes, you can click on our iTunes button and it will uh, take you to your iTunes and you can subscribe to our podcast for free. And every time you get a new message, it'll pop up automatically. Or if you don't use iTunes, just click on the podcast button and you can subscribe directly from our server that way. And then you have some driving or something to do, washing the dishes, man, pop on that message. But what I like to do is listen to the message again, but with your Bible and sit down and go through the scriptures and meditate and write, oh, one hit you, you write that reference down, and then you meditate on that thing and take it with you. And by doing that, you're investing in the quality of your life because that will grow in you and you'll become stronger and you're investing in your future. So please take advantage of that. This is part three of the series. So please avail yourselves of part one and part two. So we know now that personally knowing the goodness of God in our own hearts, in our own minds, enables us to be led by the Spirit of God. It's very difficult to follow the Spirit of God when you don't know the goodness of God. It's very easy to be misled, okay? And that's why so many are confused about God's leading in their lives. They say, well, is that God? Does God want me to do this? Was that God? Because they're not firmly established. Their roots don't don't go down deep enough into the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God that enables us to think right and enables us to, to understand what he's saying to us. And God's goodness is revealed where? In his promises. Okay, God's goodness is revealed in his promises. So at Highway Church, we're not about just reading the Bible cover to cover, right? We're about scouring the Bible. What I mean by scour, thoroughly searching the Bible. We read the Bible, we're promise hounds. We're like bloodhounds on the hunt, right? Right? We're we're looking for promises when we open this book. And man, we find, we pounce on it like a dog pounces on the hunt, right? We pounce on that promise. We grab it in our teeth and we eat it. We say, that is mine. With the stripes that wounded Jesus, I am healed. (laughs) That's mine, right? That's what we are. We're promise hounds. We grab a hold of God's promises. And we want to encourage you to do that. And God's promises reveal to us three things. Reveal to us who God is what he's done for us, and who we are in him. Right? That's what the the goodness of God is revealed in his promises. And his promises reveal to us three things. Who he is. Because you can talk to 100 different people and they give you 100 different descriptions of God. And maybe 99 of them will be wrong. Right? The promises of God reveal to us who he is. What he's done for us and who we are in Him. And those are the three aspects of relationship we talk about at Highway Church, right? God wants a relationship with us. And that relationship becomes rich and deep and edifying when we know who He is, what He's done for us, and who we are in Him. So let's look at a scripture, one of my favorites here, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. It's actually a promise from God about his promises. <laughs> I like that. 
These slippers feel great, Ed. What do they do? Oh, Dana didn't want to let Ed in this morning because he was wearing a Green Bay jacket. But I told her, cheeseheads are welcome here. They just have to sit in the cheesehead section, right? We love cheeseheads. Okay, so 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. For no matter how many promises God has made, I don't know how many there are in the Bible. Got to be hundreds, if not thousands, from Genesis to Revelation. But it doesn't matter how many he's made. They are, yes, in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. What does that mean? The devil would like to disqualify you from what God has provided for you. And even theologians unknowingly will try and do that. They'll look at a promise of God in the Word and say, well, that's not for you. You can't accept that. Let me give you an example. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. This is a promise from God to you today on January 18th, 2015. And God is speaking. Remember, His promises reveal who He is, what He's done for us, and who we are in Him. One of the three or all of the three. He says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. He's not confused about it. He's excited about it. Plans to prosper you, to shalom you. Plans of wholeness, health, and prosperity. Those are the plans I've purposed for you. And not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Now, if you'll read that in the context that it was written, uh, Jennifer, I don't know if it was a year or so ago, was at a a conference, and and this speaker stood up and said, that promise is not for for us. I, I get mad when people tell, when preachers tell people to put their faith in that promise. And and I guess the reason he said that is if you look at the context it was written, it was the prophet Jeremiah literally speaking to those, the the God's people who were scattered in Babylon. But what you've got to understand is, yes, there is the literal context of the Scriptures, but there is also a prophetic context that is fulfilled through Christ. This is a promise for you today because of what Christ did. Okay, that's what 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says. No matter how many promises God has made, they are, they are yes in Christ. In other words, because of what Jesus did, now I can put my faith in Christ and know that I have a God-given right for the fulfillment of Jeremiah 29, 11 in my life. I have a God-given right, not because of what I've done, because of what Jesus done did. I have a God-given right for prosperity in my life. I have a God-given right for wholeness, spirit, soul, and body. I have a God-given right for health in my life. 
Every promise is yes and amen. So when we come across the promises of God, we say amen to them. What does amen mean? So be it in my life now. So be it in my life today, now, right? We see that Jesus came so that the reality of God's promises could show up in our lives. He came so that God's promises would be ours. John chapter 10, verse 10. You'll hear me reference this verse regularly because it is so important for on a number of reasons. It's important in our relationship with God. It's important in being led by the Spirit. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it a teeny little bit. No, that they might have it more abundantly. The Greek there is really hard to translate. It's like super overflowing, can't contain abundance. And that's what they did in the King James. They said more abundantly. Different translations say it differently. It's super abundance. It's the, it's the abundance that only God can bring. And that's what he has brought into our lives through Jesus. John chapter 10, 10. Why is that? What does that verse have to do with being led by the Spirit? Well, that verse is, is a litmus test for, for us. So I can tell what's, God, what's from God in my life and what's not from God by John chapter 10, verse 10. If something comes into my life that is taking life from me, that is trying to steal from me, trying to make less life for me, Sickness, great example. Right? There's nothing godly about sickness. It's not from him. It's a thief. It tries to take from us our life, our energy, our time. Right? It's a thief. So I can know from John chapter 10, verse 10, right away, if sickness tries to knock on my door, I don't open it. I rebuke it. You are not allowed in this house. Get out in the name of Jesus. For it is written with the stripes that wounded Jesus, I am healed, and I say amen to that. Yes, amen. Right? 2 Corinthians 1.20. For no matter how many promises God has made. And then the fulfillment of that promise is guaranteed in my life because of what Jesus did. So John 10.10 is a key in discerning God's leading in our lives. Okay, discern, use it as a litmus test. Is this adding life to me? Remember we said the Holy Spirit wants to lead us into more Jesus? Yes. Is this bringing more Jesus into my life? Or is it taking from me? Then I know right away if it's taking from me, I'm not following that. I'm not going there. If it's adding life to me, if it's adding more of Christ to me, then that's the Lord directing me, Right? Good, 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 good litmus test, the best that I know of, John 10.10. 10. Now look at this scripture, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. So knowing the goodness of God enables us to be led by the Spirit of God. His goodness is revealed in His promises, and every single promise He's made is so be it in our lives through Christ. 
2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. For by these, if you read verse 3, it's his own glory and excellence. By his own glory and excellence, he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises. Why would he do such a thing? Well, he tells us, in order that by them, by his precious and magnificent promises, you might become partakers of the divine nature. You might experience his very nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. So why did God give us his promises, these magnificent, these super abundant promises that we could experience him each day of our lives? That we can experience the super life he came to give us. That we could walk in health in planet earth so that we wouldn't be subject to the, to the, the enemy's strategies and schemes. So that depression, discouragement, fear, lack, worry, sickness would be under our feet instead of over our head. Right? Now I'm going to say something to you that might be shocking. Remember my external defibrillator style? Clear. Simple faith in the promises of God is the most powerful, supernatural thing you could ever do. Simple faith in the promises of God is without question the most powerful, supernatural thing you could ever do. Now when I say faith, I'm talking about Bible faith. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. How do you become sure and certain of God's goodness in your life? By meditating on His promises. And I say that because many are, are looking for signs or supernatural things to manifest in their lives so they can follow God. But that's kind of putting the cart before the horse. Did you feel saved before you put your faith in Christ? No. See, it's God's design that we believe and then His glory manifests. It's believing that you have it before you feel it, before you see it. And when you know you've got it, it doesn't matter what you see or how you feel. You know you've got it. There are times I'd say with my mouth, I am the healed of God, and I looked terrible. I felt terrible. It would have looked like I'd maybe lost my mind or was in denial or something to someone who didn't know the promises of God. But I knew I had it. Regardless of the pain in my body or the symptoms, I am the healed of God. And what happened over time, that healing that was mine spiritually came into my body physically, and the symptoms were gone. 
So if, if the people who may have looked at me at that time thought I was crazy, if they had just stuck around for a little while, they would have seen the health that was mine at that moment when I said it. They would have saw that health manifest in my body physically. Amen. See? Simple faith. It's just taking God at his word. Like that woman Jennifer shared about. Her daughter was suffering terribly. And, and all she had to go on was the goodness of God. That's all. Regardless, like I like how you said that Jesus was just assessing the situation. Because you don't have to speak. And sometimes people put your pressure on you to say something. Right. You right. want to listen on the inside. Yeah. Just listen. And there are times like I was in the getting my oil changed yesterday. And there was this lady in there just coughing and, you know, smoking cigarettes. She just said, and she was telling someone, I'm just so sick. I'm just so sick. And I wanted to share something with her. But I didn't feel liberty to inside. I just didn't want to open my mouth. And then I just listened, you know, and I ended up not saying anything because I didn't feel that I had liberty to speak into her life or to share anything with her. So you want to be led by the Spirit. You can pray for her, yes. but Jesus doesn't just go around, wah, 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 wah. He's listening, see? So there's someone demanding something of him, and he doesn't say anything. He's listening to the Father. And he chooses his words by the Spirit of God. Help us to do that, Father, yes, more yes, and more yes, every day to not respond to the pressure of yes, man, to not give in to the fear of man, but only say what needs to be said, yes. Lord, in Jesus' name. And, and he, he spoke to her, and she, she saw the goodness of God in, 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 his, in what he had said, and she grabbed a hold of his promises. And she had no guarantee in the natural. There was no sign that her daughter was well. She had nothing to go on but what Jesus said. And in reality, that's all we have. But that's all we need. If he said it, we know it's so. And nothing can stop it from happening. If we just stand and, and keep on trusting, keep on believing, right? So when we put our faith in God's promises, something supernatural happens inside of us and in the spirit realm. That light we talked about bursting forth through the darkness happens. So say it's a symptom or a sickness trying to come on you, and you put your faith in Matthew 8, 17, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, and Mark 11, 22 through 24, and you say, with the stripes that wounded Jesus, I am healed. Sickness, get out of my life. You're not allowed to operate in my body. What is happening when you do that with faith? Spiritually, in the spirit realm, light is bursting forth and breaking the darkness of that sickness. You can't see that with your eyes unless something supernatural happens. And sometimes we get a, 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 a glimpse into the spirit realm. But that's not normal everyday things. But we don't need that glimpse. We've got the word. Okay? So light begins to burst forth and we go forward on God's path for our lives. Every time you put your faith in the promises of God, the spirit of God moves you forward in his plan for your life. Okay? Yeah. Every time you put your faith in the promises of God, things are happening in yes. the spirit realm. Yes, yes. You can't see them, but they're happening. Angels are moving, acting on the word you're believing and speaking. 
God's going forward. You know what's interesting? If you look back in Genesis, nothing happened. The Holy Spirit was hovering over the deep. I don't know for how long. A year, thousand, don't know. A thousand years, we don't know. But nothing happened. The power of God was hovering over the deep until God spoke. That's why speaking his promise is so important because God's waiting to act in your life. He's waiting to line things up for you this week. So when you're there in your house and, you know, just calm and you're just speaking the word of God, you can't see all the things the Holy Spirit is doing in your life. You're giving angels license to go to work on your behalf. Praise the Lord, all you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Angels act upon the word of God, right? So his promises are coordinates, like we said last week, that move us forward on his path for our lives. And every time we put our faith in his promises, the Holy Spirit moves us forward, and he moves us forward. Did you know that you're lost without the promises of God? They're coordinates. It's like, it's like all of a sudden someone would erase a map that you're looking at. Right. Or if you're looking at a GPS and your screen goes blank. That's what it's like living life without personally knowing the promises of God in your heart and mind. You're lost. It, it, we're, we're, well, where do we go? I don't know. Where do we go? If you don't know God's promises in your own heart and in your own mind, the darkness, the spiritual darkness of this world will keep you from walking on his path. Can't emphasize the promises of God enough. The promises of God bring light into our decisions, bring light into our lives. Whether well, Psalm 119, verse 105 says thy word or the entrance of your promises, right? That's what his word is. Your promises are a lamp unto my feet. Your promises are a light unto my path. So if I'm not putting my faith in the promises of God, the lights are out. Now we live on a country road, a dead end road, no street lights. And sometimes we'll find we drive home at night for the kids' sake, I'll turn off my headlights. And it's like, boom. You can't see a thing. And I have to stop because I can't. I don't want to drive in someone's field, right? But, but if you're not putting your faith in the promises of God, man, the lights are out. They're out. Turn them on. So when you put your faith in the promises of God, the lights come on. And keep them on. Don't worry about the electric bill. Jesus paid it. Ha! You can leave the lights on 24-7. Keep your faith in the promises of God. Knowing God's promises will enable you to hear His voice. There are a lot of voices in the earth. Have you heard them? Woo! A ton of them. I mean, the big thing about the Green Bay game they're saying today is the 12th man. What do they mean by that? They're saying the way that Seattle's stadium is designed that it's really loud in there, and it's hard to hear what you need to hear, right? 
Now, I, I think it's interesting, the technology now in the NFL, they've got a little uh, earphones in their helmets like the quarterback. And what do you think he's hearing in there? The voice of his coach, right? Or the coaches. Can you imagine if they put in his ear the voice of all the sportscasters and the fans? Ah, he couldn't play. He could not play the game. If all the voices in that stadium were broadcasting in his helmet, forget it. Game's over. Can't think, can't act, don't know what to do because I'm listening to all these voices. Same is true of us. There's one voice you want to know, and that's the voice of the one who made you, of your heavenly Father. There are many voices out there. There are spirits of darkness speaking to you that are shooting telegrams, emails, texts to you, trying to get you off of God's path for your life. Right? Don't listen. And what's what? So what's the what's the um, measure that I take to ensure that I'm hearing His voice? Meditate on His promises. I keep those promises in my mind and in my heart, and his voice becomes strong in me. That's what Joshua, let's go there. Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. Stay with me. This is good. You, wanna, you want his voice to be the one that's broadcasting in your helmet. See, the helmet of salvation has earphones in it. And the voice of God is broadcast in there. The armor of God. Amen. It's high tech. Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. Now, here's, here's Mr. Joshua. Wow, what a life this guy led, huh? He, then Moses has just died, and now he's been given the responsibility of taking three million, mostly three million, except for uh, Caleb and him and their families, unbelieving, uh, yeah, whiny babies, right? Into the fullness of God's destiny for their lives. They've been rebellious. They won't believe uh, the word of God. They're, they're, and it's his responsibility now to take every one of them into the promised land. I can, I can imagine feeling a little discouraged, maybe at that point in time, huh? As, but I'm sure they were, they, they were not encouraging him. Well, let's see what God says to him. He's encouraging him. He says in verse 5 of Joshua 1, No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. Did those people turn on Moses at some point? Sure. So he probably had those thoughts, right? What if they turn on me? You know, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so he had three million other voices he could have been listening to, but here's God's voice. So I will be with you. I will never, wow, fail you nor forsake you. Now here's my question. Was God more with Joshua than he is with you? Actually, God could only be with Joshua. If you put your faith in Christ, God lives in you. What would you rather have, God with you or living in you? Now you see why they were longing for the day of the Messiah. See, they, we have what they couldn't have. Let's keep reading a little bit. Verse 8. Here's God talking. This book of the law, what is that? Here's God's word. God's promises, right? Shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on them day and night 
What does that word meditate mean? Powerful Hebrew word. It means both to imagine them and to say them softly to yourself. So in other words, God says, let my promises, imagine the fulfillment of my promises in your life. See it inside. Use your imagination to see my promises fulfilled in your life. Say my promises to yourself softly over and over again. And what will the result of that be? Then you'll be able to do all that's written in them. Then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you'll deal or act wisely, being led by the Spirit, right? And you'll have good success. Have I not commanded you? I like this. Be strong. The Amplified is on the screen. Vigorous. Very courageous. Be not afraid. Neither be dismayed. You know, fear is a spiritual force that will try and come on you. Be not afraid. Neither be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So in our minds, these voices, so if a voice tries to come into our mind, that's contrary to the promise of God, it will see a do not enter sign. Right? right? It will see a do not enter sign. It, it will know that it, it's trespassing on God's territory. We don't allow it in. So as soon as a thought pops into my mind, automatically now, because I've been doing it over a period of time, the first thing that comes up is this in line with God's promises. If it's not, it gets vetoed immediately. It, it gets destroyed immediately and God's promise replaces it. Immediately. It's become a reaction. There are times when I'm tired sometimes I have to, oh, wait a, minute, wait a minute, that's not from God. Get out of here, you know? But it becomes an automatic response. Automatic veto. Nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So God says, imagine my promises fulfilled in your life. So I used to be so sick, have so many things wrong with me. I used to imagine myself standing up strong and running, you know, and just jumping. I don't want these slippers to fall off. But I think I've ever jumped in slippers before. Okay. But you imagine yourself. See yourself whole. If depression or discouragement, see yourself laughing. Being around people and confident not afraid of man and what they think of you, laughing and full of joy. See yourself prospering. Imagine my promises fulfilled in your life and say it over and over again. With the stripes that wounded Jesus, I am whole, I am healed. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And you know what that does? It makes you strong. It makes you vigorous. I like that word. Vigorous. Just fun to say. I looked it up. You want to hear what it means? Amplified says vigorous. It means be hardy. You ever see the settlers when they're settling America? Any of those, read any of those stories or watch the pilot of Little House? Man, they're traveling across the wilderness in a buggy 
And it didn't matter if it was 10 degrees or 95 degrees, they wouldn't quit. Be hardy. And see, when you're, when you're imagining the fulfillment of God's promises, on the inside, outside it might not look like it. It doesn't matter if it's 10 degrees or 95 degrees because you've got it. And God wants to make us impervious to the external circumstances. So we don't get discouraged because of the, the weather or because of what so-and-so said or because of what we don't see or because of what we, we uh, aren't experiencing. He wants us to know that we've got it. And as we stand, watch him unfold his plan. It means to be hardy, to be marked by richness and fullness. Imagining the fulfillment of God's promises in your life, saying them over and over softly to yourself, will make you hardy, impervious to conditions. Will cause you to be marked by richness and fullness. Lively, energetic, and robust. Imagining the fulfillment of his promises, saying them over and over again, will make you lively, energetic, and robust. It means to be full of health and strength. <laughs> he says to be, uh, don't be afraid to be courageous. You know what that means? Be brave and fearless. We're fearless people, yes, yes, yes. impervious to the conditions of this world. And we don't make our decisions based on this world's conditions or based on the climate or based on people's attitudes, but we make the decisions we make in our lives based on the promises of our Father. Hallelujah. Wow. Mm, mm, mm. I was hoping we'd have time to, to go a little further, but let's see here. Hallelujah. Um, well, we'll finish with this. You know, God is good, and you, you want to be led by the Spirit. And it's funny, we were talking with a friend of ours who went to a, a Christian university and and has gone, gone to different kinds of churches and just has a lot of questions. And, and, and this friend said, you know, I'm just kind of realizing you know, there's really no answer to how, to how to do this. And I said, there's not. You've got to be led by the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And man tries to, you know, if man, if we'd let man, and they have done this, they'll create a 40-volume set of how to be led by the Spirit, <laughs> you know. And you got to, I mean, it's got a long list that you can't even remember of things you've got to do to be. But it's just as simple as putting your faith in Him grabbing a hold of his promises and letting them grow inside of you and you will hear his voice, guaranteed. And now, I'll give you an example of making you hearty. Um, one of the things, and this is not saying you need to do this at all, let you, God lead you, but, but God has led me to exercise about three times a week. It's not a big crazy workout or anything. It's usually about 30 to 45 minutes of calisthenics. And this is, I'm just sharing an example from my life not telling you to do this, okay? I'm just talking about being God making you hearty. He took someone who, was, who would get sick when the wind would blow. 
I just want to show you what God's done in my life. That's how I used to be. And yesterday, the wind chill was minus two. It said 11 degrees on my thermometer. And I like to jog outside. And uh, now I've got like cold weather gear. I've got these clothes I put on. I don't think I've ever jogged with a wind chill of minus two before. But I said, you know what? This is my day to do it, and I'm going to go do it. And I went out, and I did my run for 30 minutes. And the whole time, I was just praising God. And Jeremiah 23, 29 says, Is not my word like fire? Like a hammer which shatters a rock? And I was just saying Jesus the whole time. And I tell you, I was hot when I was running. I could feel heat inside of me. I had a great time. I didn't know what temperature it was. Again, I'm not asking, telling you to do that. I'm just sharing an example from my life as God's leading me. Hardy, impervious to external conditions. Hallelujah. Well, boy, I wish we had time to go on. We've got to stop. We're going to get into next week more about God living inside of us. And we're going to uncover the mystery of the ages. And it's good, so don't miss it. Father, we thank you for your rich word this morning, for your spirit that's leading us right now. Even right now, decisions are being made. Answers are coming right now because you're here, Jesus. I thank you for answers in our lives. I thank you for decisions, for clear direction in our lives. Thank you for leading us by your Spirit, we imagine inside, we see your promises fulfilled in our lives. And we say them softly to ourselves all throughout each day and night. And we thank you for the fire of your word burning hot inside of us. And we thank you for life abundantly in Jesus' name. When you put your faith in the promises of God, the Holy Spirit moves you forward in God's plan for your life. So say amen to every promise and let God take you into the fullness of his plan for your life. In Jesus' name, amen.